Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by co-host Aaron Keller. We are back in his office recording with Outdoor Education Coordinator Bobby Jones. Bobby, thanks for being here again. We've had you on a lot lately. Yeah, thanks for having me. This might be one of my uh, favorite topics to talk about, of all the ones that we've done. It's one of ours. (laughs) Yeah, and... um, Like we said, we've had Bobby on a lot recently because his whole job is connecting people to the outdoors. So, Bobby, for people who haven't listened before, could you explain your job? It's pretty new, um, your position. And can you just explain your whole goal and everything you do in your position? Yeah. So in the simplest form, so Outdoor Connection Coordinator, uh, my number one goal is to connect more people to the outdoors and to nature and helping the department do that in different novel ways. I mean, we do it in a variety of ways, Um, whether you're a biologist or an educator. um, We're just trying to get people better connected to nature. Um, So that's the first kind of tenet. The other is uh, broad and kind of help the department serve and engage broader audiences. So what does that look like? Um, We know the hunting and angling community reasonably well. And then, you know, what are the other types of communities out there that we can um, better serve, whether that's people who enjoy the outdoors or not. And then uh, lastly, enhancing conservation. So the idea being, hopefully by working to connect more people to the outdoors and um, serving these broader audiences, uh, we can overall um, bump up conservation across the state in a variety of different forms. Okay, so <clears throat> that's basically what the work that was cut out for you when you started. So could you walk us back to, when was it, 2020? You started yep. right before we I'm, all got sent home. <laughs> yeah, about two weeks before we all got sent home. So <laughs> unfortunately and fortunately, I had a lot of time to read and research and kind of do my homework on on getting a better idea for you know, what things look like in the landscape of uh, people spending time outdoors. What are they doing? What are they not doing? What are people looking for? And it was, it's funny because we're going to get into it a little bit here, but, you know, you tell everybody you can't leave your house, stay inside. And uh, everybody was a little extra stressed during COVID and, and realized that there's this draw to the outdoors and this, you know, natural stress relief by just spending time outdoors. So um, I don't know. I, it's one of the I guess what I would say is one of the best parts or what I would take out of, uh, out of the whole pandemic and things that we learn mm-hmm. and yeah, things that are exciting. Said that, uh, it's kind of human nature. They said, stay indoors, stay, you know, go home, stay indoors. But pretty much everybody did the exact opposite. There was way more camping, way more hiking, way more biking, way more, the trails were all filled with people. Right. So it's kind of interesting to see. Yeah. And, and I think that is probably a product of people having more free time. And uh, we'll, we'll touch on it here in a minute. But um, I think we can say for sure, looking at some of our hunting and fishing numbers, a lot of that has fallen back off. And that as things opened up, people have kind of, again, became, you know, less connected to nature than they were um, in the middle of the pandemic. And so from your perspective, why do you think that is? Why do you think it went so high and then now it's going back down? 
I think we get, I shouldn't say comfortable, but that's one kind of term for it in that we think we get too busy for things and uh, you have to make time to do some of these things outdoors or or there's this perception that you have to make time or you don't have it. I, I think that's the biggest driver, um, but, but there are other barriers too. But just how you're spending your time, right? Like you, you know, there are probably people going to the movie theaters now that weren't or organized sports if you're a young family. Um, you know, now we're traveling for baseball all through the summer, whatever that looks like. I don't have kids yet, so I can't. Yeah, almost that. any minute. It's, uh, it's definitely a factor when stuff gets rolling again to not go hunting and fishing as much. So I think from what you've just said and also previous podcasts you came on here and you listed survey results of how people connect to the outdoors um so you can tell that you spend a lot of your position is just analyzing human behavior right i'm like a um an amateur social scientist now is what i would say like just try yeah you're how do we learn about what people are doing or not doing to better communicate with them better engage um them yeah, so on and so forth. Yeah, and then I was, I don't know, I was trying to, I feel like I buried the lead here. Like we were gonna, I didn't know if we wanted a surprise reveal or if we wanted to start with it right off the bat. But the reason we brought you in, we wanted to reintroduce people to you because you just started something huge for the department, which we will get into, but it's the Youth um, License Fund. Um, could you give us a quick just a quick overview because we'll get into like all the details later, but could you just explain what it is? Cause then I want to go back and f- see how you came to this idea. Yeah. So the, the idea in the simplest form was how do we make it easier uh, for kids to enjoy hunting and fishing in Nevada? And what we came up with was we created a fund um, that members of the public, um, nonprofits, whoever you are, can donate to that will go directly towards youth licenses. So here in Nevada, we only have youth combination licenses. So um, it's the only license that kids are getting to go fishing or hunting. And if, you know, if they take hunter ed, then it becomes a hunting license. But for all intents and purposes, when you first get it, it's a fishing license. But just allowing people to donate money that goes towards kids' fishing licenses and, and keeping that from being a barrier to kids who, who want to do that stuff here in Nevada. Yeah, and you just said you were talking about some of the um, barriers or how people think a little bit, how license sales were up during COVID, they're back down. So how did you come to this idea to try and remove a barrier to get kids into it? Like, how did this all come about? (laughs) Me spending a lot of time thinking about stuff (laughs) and bouncing things off Keller and Vasey and um, different ideas. There's a lot of talk in the, you know, R3 community, recruit, recruit. reactivate and retain these uh, three R's. But the idea being, what can we actually do to make it easier uh, for kids to spend time outdoors? And, um, you know, different states have different programs, but I mean, you're thinking, so youth licenses are for kids 12 to 17. And if you're 12, you're not dictating how your family spends money, how they spend their time, what they're doing. It's just to make it a smidgen easier. And, And we talk about barriers to the outdoors. And when we interviewed everyone, uh, you know, across the state, we can't address um, free time for people or the lack of time. We also can't address the weather. And these are two of the bigger barriers. But cost is one of the things we can. And it is one of the top five barriers. So and you're just making it a little easier. 
it's not like you're you're not doing these other things but we have events where we bring um, fishing gear so you know in in theory once this is is rolling it's you know we reach out to families and say like hey you know bring your kids we have all the gear we'll get them signed up for a license and it just kind of makes it that much easier uh, for people to go do yeah and if you look at our free fishing day event that's huge like the I know the one at Sparks Marina. Um, that's the one I see since we're located in Reno. And so many people come out to that. Or they don't, and they just go fishing that day. So this is almost like that, but for every day. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> for kids, it's, you know, free fishing day every day. It's not, I mean, nothing's free. Someone's paying for it. So there's, you know, still the capture on that side. Um, but I think there's a lot of people within the hunting and fishing communities that want to see more kids involved in these activities. And this is just one kind of way uh, to help make that a uh, reality. Yeah, it is pretty wild to see, um, you know, 1,500 kids come to one event, <clears throat> and then you have an event the next weekend, and there'll be, you know, one kid that's in between that age of 12 and 17, right? And more of them are, are under 12 because you don't get a license yet. So if we could figure out a way to get more kids or retain those kids that are interested in fishing before they're 12 to continue on, then I think that's a win for conservation. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, like, as me as a kid, I mean, I grew up in a time where I was out a lot. Like, you know, me and a few other kids taking bikes and riding down and going fishing on our own, that was that was just something we did normally. I don't, I don't think those types of things are as normal, so any way we can make it easier to have those kind of opportunities, these just positive experiences in the outdoors is, is a big win. Yeah, and I think um, as parents, or as a parent, um, like you said, that barrier is cost, is that, that entry of the $15 for the license um, is not a big barrier, but it is still something that I think might be a barrier for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we can eliminate that barrier, the way we ended on that $15 is you have to charge for a license. You can't just give out free licenses. Yep. Although we would love to. I wish I could just hand every kid a license. Um, so there is that that charge. Um, and so if we can figure out a way to pay for that charge, I think it's a great idea. And I think the idea that you have with this youth license fund is, is going to make it happen. Yeah. And Bobby, like you said, you were saying um, kids don't control where their parents are putting their money. And imagine being a kid. And knowing that it's a $15 cost to a kid, that is a lot of money, Yeah, (laughs) $15. um, They could go out fishing if they just go on and get one of these licenses. Yeah, and the other idea is is don't think of it as, you know, the the parents and the kids necessarily either. Say it's a, um, you know, Boys and Girls Club or YMCA or Boy Scouts or whatever it is. And then there's 10 kids. So the guy is sitting or whoever is sitting there thinking like, okay, now I'm going to buy, you know, 10 different kids their license or something like that. And you know, with this program, so long as there's funds available, you can, you know, take all the kids out fishing for the day. And then if they like it, they can continue. Exactly. Yeah, and for the longest time, we tried to get like a gift card or a, um, you know, like sponsor a license type of program through, um, but we could never get it quite ironed out on how you would pay for a license as like a grandparent. Mm-hmm and give it to your grandson or granddaughter, we could never really get that ironed out in the logistics of, you know, just charging money and then issuing the license and all that. So 
I think just sponsoring a license through this way is gonna make it easier for somebody that wants to get more people involved, um, just kind of streamline that process. That's a good point. And um, before we get into all the nitty gritty details, I want to get into all of this. Um, I do just want to point out that, Bobby, it's pretty cool. You explain your whole job, what you came in, the task you had in front of you. And here you are with a product like you made this fund happen. So I got to give you kudos there. Well, thanks for the kudos. But it's really uh, there's a handful of us that have been kicking this back and forth for a while to get to the final iteration. I, I think there's. There's been a handful of different ideas, but this has been one that we've all been excited about for, for quite some time. We'll get into all of it right after this quick break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today, we are joined by Outdoor Connection Coordinator, Bobby Jones. And in the first half, we were talking about this new youth license fun that it's brand new to the department it's an awesome way to remove barriers to allow more people to get outside so bobby you kind of told us how it all came about so what is it like what does it look like how could people donate to it yeah so what it is is uh, essentially an account where we're just taking um, funds that are donated from members of the public and nonprofits to put towards youth licenses and so we've only rolled out the donation half or the donation portion. We haven't started giving licenses out, um, but we will start doing that. The plan is January or January, June first is our our launch date for this year. So essentially, just how you get licenses now um, going online. If we have the funds available, when you drop down to you know buy a youth combination license, there will be a, a license option through this Nevada Youth License Fund. Um, to get a license without any money. I mean, someone's paying for it, but um, these kids won't be. So that's the whole idea behind it. And um, I guess I would, I would speak to a little bit of maybe the frequently asked questions that are behind it. We posted a, uh, a blog post on the website to kind of get into a little bit of this. But um, essentially, the only requirement is that kids are 12 to 17 years old, which is the requirement to hold a youth combination license, and that we are gonna be limited by how much we have in the account. So we'll give away as many licenses as we can, but we can't give out licenses without any money for them. So we'll, we'll consistently be working through, you know, how do we promote the program? Um, how do we get licenses to kids? How do we get support for the program? And go from there. But we're just rolling this out now. And I can see Aaron's eyes. I haven't mentioned this yet, but as of right now, we, we rolled it out right now because it's big game application season. So we have a lot of people on our vendor page. And if you are going to apply for big game tags this year, you'll see it in the workflow at the very end when you go to check out, you know, do you want to support the youth license fund? So right now, that's the way we have to um, collect donations. But in the future, we're working to have a standalone page that we can point people to if they see value in the program. And so say I'm checking out, I can put any amount, right? Technically, or... it's 15 to 1500. So oh. any amount in there is what we're slated mm -hmm. for. 
But if you were this overzealous person who wanted to come in with a check for whatever amount of money, we would be accepting that as well, for yeah. sure. Anything into our office, then we can accept any amount. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Those that you, If you wanted to, you could donate $1,500, but you could just start at $15, and that's still making a difference. Oh, absolutely. So one kid, uh, yep. Yeah, exactly. And um, is there, so say I'm not applying for tags, just buying a license. Is it on that checkout screen, no matter what, or did we just start with applying for tags? So as Bobby was kind of not pitching the idea, but kind of bouncing it off people, everybody was really excited. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like the way that we explain the program, where it goes, um, everybody wanted to get it done as soon as possible. So for us, it was a little bit of a fast track to get it into our purchasing or our online vendor type workflow. And the most sense made to ask it during the checkout of the big game application. Got it. That started on March 20th. And so we were able to, the timeline from March 20th to June 1st was a good amount of time um, to basically put our fiscal staff's minds at ease um, to where we weren't just like, hey, we're gonna give out licenses to every kid that walks in. Um, But also it gave us a good amount of time to collect some donations, really. And so as you work through your big game application, this year, like Bobby said, you'll see it at the end. You can donate, um, you can say no thank you, um, whatever you want to do, but it, it was the quickest way for us to get it into our vendor. Yeah, and it did happen fast because, um, Bobby, you are always walking these halls saying good things are coming, <laughs> and then one day this was announced to us, and I'm like, this is awesome, and it was like, I think it was a couple weeks before the big game application period opened to where you could actually start donating. And then there it was um, yeah, during so the big game application. Ahead, there was a little pep in Bobby's step. Yeah. Office, uh, he was definitely pretty excited to get this thing going. And I kind of want um, Bobby to talk about kind of the goals of the program. Yes. Goals is like a loose term for this, I think, because we could potentially have every kid get a free license if we get a big enough donation fund going. Um but maybe just speak to some of the goals that you had and how you came about those goals. Yeah, so I think I think one of our big goals is kind of looking back um, and then projecting forward. But looking back, uh, we're down, give or take, 25% since COVID in terms of licenses, and your youth licenses, rather. And then if I look just a little further behind that, we're actually uh, 2022 numbers were lower than 2019 numbers. And and why I, I look at that as a little bit of a bummer is that guaranteed our population is increasing. And even with that and this big COVID bump, we still have you know less kids out and about fishing. So we would like to rebuild to COVID numbers. So essentially um, from this point, a 22, 25% bump. So give or take 3,500 kids more so than we do on an annual basis. And I guess we should probably talk a little bit about uh, the churn rate that we see, and, and this is just generally speaking in, in terms of licenses, but if, say, everyone in the state, if we had 100 people fishing in a given year, uh, we're going to lose about 20% of that each year and have to make that up. So uh, you're, you're going to have 80 people from the year before fishing in the next year, and then you've got to go find that 20 to stay at average. And, and hopefully this is a way that if we can make, if we can build some momentum behind the program, 
and get it in people get it on people's radar we can bring some of those kids back so we know there's a higher demand for fishing um, when we're in a pandemic but we don't want to have to have a pandemic to have kids fishing that isn't exactly we we can avoid that and and this might be one of the ways that we can get there or this is one of the one of the ways we're working to yeah. get back to build that um 20% rate that you lose the churn I just learned this today and I like how it has a whole Aaron you were like it's called the churn the other thing that we know is that all those kids that were or the youth that were fishing during the pandemic have an interest in fishing or their parents have an interest in fishing and bought them a fishing license, right? Absolutely. So, so that interest is sometimes the hardest part about getting somebody into the outdoors. Yeah, and, and it's, it's funny, kind of no matter what activity you're looking at, interest usually far outstrips who's actually doing it. But then when you see, I only have one other program to even look to to try and get just an inkling of what the demand might be. And I'm going to give uh, state parks kudos here. But they came out with their stakes. Uh, it's a state parks pass program where they sent two state parks passes to each public library um, that could be checked out so that people could go visit state parks. And they have a wait list. It's either at one library or all the libraries of over 2,000 people, which doesn't, which I think is a lot more than they anticipated. I'm kind of hoping we see a similar thing here in that sometimes just making something a little bit easier or incentivizing it just a little bit changes things. Because I do think the underlying interest is absolutely there. Um, even if, it, actually, Ashley, you talked about it earlier. We interviewed a bunch of people, and the one thing that kept coming up that was so awesome um, to hear was how many people knew about Free Fishing Day and Free Fishing Day events. Like, if there's anything we do that the general public knows about, it's that. And they're very supportive of that and very appreciative of it. So if we can recreate that in any way, that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Good stuff. And my, I'm, I had something I wanted to ask you and then I just got in so into what you were saying <laughs> that I don't know what I was going to ask you, yeah, but the, the parks pass is interesting in that it's, it's even less than a fishing license to get into a park. And yet there's so many people that want that pass that there's a 2000 person wait list. Yep. So it just goes to show that even the smallest of barriers you know, like a $5 entry fee might keep somebody from even just trying something. That's, that's what I was just trying to process as you were talking. And then that's why I wasn't ready to ask you anything is because I wonder, it's just crazy to me that um, it really is like it could be the small, just the idea of free fishing day, free fishing day, a day you could go fish without your license attracts so many people um, who clearly have the interest in fishing. It's just, I don't, there's no question here. It's just kind of, I just—it's weird how people's minds work. Yeah, imagine if you got the state park pass and a free fishing license. Yeah. They could just go for free for free. Yep. In the state park. Because yeah. Yeah, which which is easy enough for us. Say it's you know trying to work in tandem with something like that. It's having a QR code with our Endow licensing page. So if people are gonna check this out, like hey, if you didn't know, here's a fishing license if you have young kids. Right, and so that's kind of the long-term goals is like how kids are going to get this license, right? And so we have goals of like a QR code, purchasing it on your phone, or accepting it on your phone, I guess, at that point, um, a vendor, 
coming into our office, we're going to try to open it up to everything, right? So, so they don't have to come to the license, fill out paperwork or something like that, but come to the office, fill out paperwork. Yeah, we, I mean, the idea is working with the technologies that we have to make it as easy as possible, as easy as it would be for anyone else to get any other type of license. And that's one thing we didn't touch on is somebody might have said, like, why don't you just make these free? Is it that's a legislative act and we aren't changing our license structure and this is one way we can kind of make this program work without doing any of that. So not relying on the legislature or making legislative changes, uh, but still making this program available to kids in the and state. That fast tracks it once again by figuring out a way we could provide this without having to change yeah, this legislation. Is, this is part of the kicking back and forth of like, yeah. how do we avoid something <laughs> like that? But how do we provide something new to people? Uh, but it's the exact same license, right? So Yeah, and the, the one thing that I do want to say that I'm most excited about is that when we teach classes, so under my position as far as outdoor education, we have fishing clinics and classes, and we have hunter education classes, and we're hoping that we get enough donations to be able to offer these free licenses to everybody that comes to a class. So say you come, you're a 12-year-old kid, and you come to a hunter education class, when you leave hunter education, you're going to get your certificate, which says that you passed the course, but you're also going to get a free license for the year, uh, free to them. Yeah. Right? And it's the same with a fishing class. So you could come and learn how to fish at your local pond, and then we're going to hopefully be able to hand them a license and say, okay, now you can come back here anytime you want. Yeah, so this is working toward that. And just to clarify, that's yeah. long-term goals. Yeah. I mean, Not quite there yet, but. It's, it's fun to think about. Yeah. yeah. And actually, so right now, people could do their part by, if if you're applying for tags, um, donating to the fund. We have a whole blog page set up on endow.org if you just search Nevada Youth um, License Fund. So those are, keep an eye on that page for updates because we'll have more coming out. Um, so those are ways you could contribute. But Bobby, how is it doing? Like, are we seeing an impact? And I know this will be airing after few weeks from now when we're recording so we'll probably have different numbers but are we seeing an impact yeah as of now i think we have um, probably uh, enough funds for about 275 licenses and we've only had the draw open for for yeah give or take a week and we haven't done anything in terms of promoting the fund and what it is outside of having it on the page so i mean uh, the the hope is that it will grow organically and that other people will see value in the program. And I I know speaking with different conservation organizations and groups like that, they definitely see value in it. Um, I just don't want, uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. It's, it's one of the ideas we're very excited about, but it will grow as it grows. And uh, I mean, it'll be really fun to give out the licenses. Pretty good. Seven days in, we've really, this is like the first promotion we're doing. We'll have more to come, but we were just testing it brand new and yeah, i mean that's really how, good how generous people are um, it also shows that people are interested in getting people outdoors yeah, yeah. well we're, we're we actually went a little over but i feel like it was a topic worth going over on so um bobby anything else you want to say before we wrap up uh no just i i would say anyone who's interested take a look at the page and if you have ideas for what we could be doing better to, you know, share this type of information when we get closer to launching the licenses on the giving the licenses outside, we're open to everything and anything. 
Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you everyone for listening. We're really excited about this. So we appreciate everyone taking the time to listen. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.